Rutgers legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, my friend, to another episode of Chasing Poker Greatness. I'm your host, founder of EnhancerEdge.com, Brad Wilson, and I am so happy you're joining me here today as I speak with the game's best players and ambassadors who will reveal in their own words the wisdom, guidance, and techniques that push them forward on their journey to poker greatness. Today, I'm speaking with one of the most fun and animated women to ever mix it up on the green felt, known simply as Q. She recently began publishing a chronicle of her own poker play and thoughts through the P's and Q's poker vlog on YouTube. She's a well-established cash game player who admittedly likes to take advantage of the men at the table who underestimate her simply because she's a woman. By the time you get to the end of this podcast, you'll understand what a big mistake it really is to underestimate Q. To say that she's determined to reach her goals and dreams would be a gross understatement. I don't want to spoil anything ahead. As we move through the conversation, though, you'll learn not only how she's already far along the path to poker greatness, but also how she's willing to push it all to the side if necessary, start over, and do it again. You'll get her views on what it means to be great in the world of poker, how she's been able to keep growing consistently, and her somewhat unusual ideas on how to find and utilize coaches. She'll even share her best advice on what to do if you can't find a coach to help you with your own game. In what has become sort of a regular theme that many guests seem to talk about naturally, Q goes into quite a bit of detail about how things we learn from playing poker can affect your lives away from the tables and vice versa. She's got opinions on just about every facet of the game and the people who play it, and she's not afraid to express them. She also has a very special quality of always speaking in a way that gets her point across with respect and very often with humor. She really is a delight to listen to, and I had an absolute blast talking with her. I hope you'll enjoy our conversation as much as I did. With that being said, I present to you, Q. All right, Q, welcome to the show. How are we doing this evening? Thanks, Brad. I guess it's not it's evening. It's afternoon. afternoon. Yeah. But all the same. <laughs> well, I'm I was up great. at six I was up at six at the gym, so maybe I'm just a little confused about You're the time off of day. Now, huh? I had to get prepared for today. Today's a big day. Doing podcast interviews and all sorts of things. I like being prepared. I'm with you on that. So the name of the show is Chasing Poker Greatness, which can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So I'd like to know first, what does chasing poker greatness mean to you? Well, to me, chasing poker greatness means chasing your best version of yourself. As you know, as a poker player, it's it's a solo sport. And your success is really determined by your ability to master yourself and that's the greatest greatness that will achieve your poker greatness uh you're taking words out of my mouth i tell my (laughs) students i tell my guys all the time that you know don't compare yourself to phil ivy compare yourself to you every day yes and just try to be the best version of you and eventually eventually you reach the greatness right yep yep so Tell us the story about how you got into playing cards. Oh, wow. (laughs) So um, back in like 2007, I worked at MySpace. Everybody knows MySpace, right? This is is an old story. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's an old story, an oldie but a goodie. Yeah. (laughs) And, And my friends and I on Tuesdays, we would go to Carol's house, and Carol would make all this wonderful food. And we'd have all these drinks and we'd sit there and have a single table sit and go. And initially I was like, I don't know. I don't want to go here. I'm going to be embarrassed. They're going to kick my ass. (laughs) 
And then over time, because you have the ability to talk about things to your friends, hey, why did you check raise me? Or why did you call my bluff? Or, you know, what is this statistical mathematics thing you're doing? <laughs> and I eventually got pretty good. Well, and I started winning these single table singles. What was the buy-in? Oh, it was like $40. Nice. $40. And then um, third place gets money back. First place gets 60% or 65%, I think. And then second place got 30. You started beating them down. I started whooping them, <laughs> whooping up on them. And it became consistent. And then I started taking it to the casino, which was also another level of uh, uncomfortability, you know, vulnerability. Like I'm this young girl in a casino. Yeah. Tell um, me, tell me about that being a oh, young, young girl in a casino, because I <laughs> shudder to think, <laughs> you know, I still get underestimated because I probably still look like a young girl in the casino. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I think all the poker players are like, all the poker players are like 80. So exactly i'm this young woman of color sitting at a table with a lot of old white males and they're like oh look she's so cute she wants to play the poker (laughs) (laughs) and uh, actually back in the day the mirage used to have single table sit and goes as well and i used to go to vegas a lot and so i would go to the mirage and play the 70 dollar single table sit and go because i felt safe like Either I'm going to win a shit ton or I'm going to lose $70. Like, I can take that risk. And the same thing happened. You know, at first I got my ass handed to me and I'm on a plate. And then over time, I started winning those $70 sit and goes and I moved up to the $150 sit and goes. And then eventually I moved to the, to the floor and started playing cash games and, huh, started reading more super systems, uh, was my second book that I read. Uh, my first book was actually a Daniel Negrano book. I love Daniel Negrano. And watching him as I began learning, he was everywhere on television. And I felt like we had similar poker personalities. I'm jovial. I'm friendly. I like to talk and gather information at the table. But so many other poker players at that time were just completely opposite, you know, Poker was just like a solo, solo sport. And I loved how Daniel approached the game and I still do. And so I read his book and then I read Super Systems and it was off to the races. Is that what led you to making the jump from getting crushed in the the sit and goes in the brick and mortars to being a favorite? Yeah, that was a big deal because I was using my learnings for my friends and they could only take me so far. Sure. Right. We're sitting in a living room and I'm utilizing a lot of the information that they've learned. But to to be the best, you have to learn from the best. And poker is an ever evolving sport. You must it up your game. And I wasn't using, you know, hand odds versus pot odds and really understanding the strategy and the mathematics involved in the game and the statistics. And I love math. And so once I got into that, it was like, what? This whole new world. Like, hey, yeah, thing, I can do this. Things started opening up. Yeah. I know that you said before, like, poker is a solo sport in that you're by yourself at the table. But it does take, you know, in my poker journey specifically, I had a friend who pushed me. And, you know, he was very ambitious he was very skilled mm-hmm. and very good and like iron sharpens iron. Um, yes. Neither one of us would have been successful had it not been for the other. And so, yes. I, you know, even though it's a solo sport, even reading Super System, right? You kind of got Doyle in your corner. Reading Daniel Nagano's exactly. book, you got him in your corner, right? Um, well, you have coaches. And I think that's really important to have a community of people that you can share information with and learn and grow together and they become your coaches. But when you're on the felt, you have to take all of that knowledge, all of that information, all that experience and apply it yourself and try not to screw it up. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Try not to drop the ball. Exactly. Who Who is your coach right now? Who do you go to for poker wisdom and growth? Right now, I've been taking a lot of master classes. Uh, I took the Daniel Negrano master class. I took the Phil Ivey master class. And I'm I read uh, right now. I'm reading uh, an incredible book that I think every poker player should read. It's called the mental game of poker by Jared Tendler. Are you familiar with that one? Yep. Oh yeah. It's incredible. It's, it's interesting because it's not just about poker to me. It's a life book. It's all about mastering yourself. And then on the side, I have so many friends that play poker and we all coach each other. And it's really great. One of my great friends, her name's M. She's all over the vlog. She's actually one of the reasons I started the vlog. She was a huge uh, encourager. She, she really pushed me over the edge to just, hey, stop thinking about it. Just do it. How'd you meet M? M and I met at a poker table. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that jovial <laughs> personality playing. pays off. Exactly. Yeah. We were playing in a private game. We were the only two ladies there. And by the end of it, it was like, I had to leave, but there was no way I was leaving without knowing this goddess at the other side of the table. <laughs> and we, we stayed in touch and we just grew into this beautiful, beautiful friendship. She's like my sister. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And she's one of my coaches. She's a badass poker player. Yo. It's good when Ooh. your coach coach is a badass poker player. I've heard that that exactly. <laughs> if you want a coach, typically they need to be pretty good. They need um, to be badass. They need to be badass for sure. <laughs> so, what would you consider your biggest poker failure? You know, I think my biggest poker failure was thinking that I had all the information. There was a period of time where I wasn't studying and I wasn't growing. And I was just thinking that I was going to figure it out through experience. I wasn't talking enough to other players. I wasn't reading enough. I wasn't studying. I was just thinking like, oh, the more I play, the better I'll get. And that's a factor. But the, the training is critical. I have made leaps and bounds since I really dug down and took my, my training and my, my course load and my reading and my learning and my studying more seriously. How, like how, really dedicated the time. How do you go about, for people listening that maybe don't have any friends that play poker or want to you know, be more jovial, meet people playing live that they can discuss poker with, what advice or wisdom would you give to them? I'd say... Get in the community. Um, one way to just study that I think is very effective is actually just watching videos of other people playing poker. We have YouTube. It's all over the place. You got Poker Go and so many resources to watch. And you can see what people are doing. So it's almost like coaching as well. Hey, why did this guy do that? And look at the results. And then in terms of the real live action in person with people get out of your comfort zone, break through that. See someone say hello. It's pretty easy. They'll probably say hello back and poker players love to talk about poker. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I, oh yeah. I was watching a movie the other day. I can't remember what it is, but there was a quote that said the world's full of lonely people waiting for somebody else to make the first move. And exactly. I think that uh, at the poker table, it definitely applies. And I, I was at Cherokee at a tournament a few weeks ago, and I've, I've been an online guy for a number of years. I haven't played live oh. in probably four or five years. And oh. so I'm at Cherokee, and I'm, I'm growing EnhancerEdge.com. I'm growing my thing. And uh, I was having this thought of like, you know, where are like poker conventions? where it's just like poker people, you know? Are there any poker uh -huh. conventions? And it's two in the morning. I'm standing in line getting some food. Of course, like this is so contrary to me normally, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I make day two of a tournament. It ends at like 1230 and I'm like, I need some food. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, 
And this guy just starts talking to me about poker, like right behind me about ace king yeah. and like raising preflop and strategy and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is the convention, like the tournament, exactly. the tournament series is th- this is where the people that love poker go. I was going to say the world series of poker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking more like an expo. I don't know. Some- but it is an expo. That's there true. are poker players from wall to wall who can't wait to talk about poker and would love to talk more about poker yeah they can't talk enough i, I know that when i've been exactly. there there's like just groups of like hundreds of players and you if you just sit there and listen you just hear oh like float check raise re-raise yes. tilt donkey oh. like all these you know all music the, to my ears yeah all the poker lingo um, literally any tournament you go to any poker floor you go to those are conventions and that's where you'll find your coaches, your mentors, your your allies, like the people who are going to, hey, help you get through that that slump when you're on a downswing and help you understand why you made that bad decision so you don't make it again. And humility matters. And, and just take Yo. the first step. Just talk to people. Try to be humble. Um, yes. Let go. Be humble. Poker's... Poker is very interesting to me. It's a game where you got to be humble, but you also have to be assured. Aggressive, brash. You just you need to have self assurance, but you also need to question things as well. Like there's yes. spots that come up where you need certainty to pull the trigger. Um, yes. But then you also need to have humility to look at spots to see where you can improve in the future. So yes. towing that line is it's a tough thing. Your ego can spin out of control. And when I was 22 or 23. God help me. Uh, it's, oh, I'm, I'm embarrassed to even think about myself. Really? Were you one of those guys? I don't think, like, I don't know. Let's not get into it. I, I don't know <laughs> if I, I, I wasn't, I think I've always been gregarious, jovial at the poker table. Uh, mm-hmm. But when I was younger, my brain wasn't fully mature. Sometimes I didn't like mm-hmm. people. And if I don't like somebody, then I come after them. <laughs> like, you take it out on them on the table. I, I mean, I, I, I take it out. I, I would take it out on them just however I could. If a guy talks bad about a recreational player, then me and that guy are at war. And when he loses a pot, I'm going to talk trash. Then that's just, yeah. I, 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 over time, I've mellowed. Yeah, I look think. at you now. Yeah, look at me now. Yeah. Um, We're all a work in progress. And the fact that you were able to look within and decide, hey, I want to be a better brand. I want to be a different type of brand. That is a choice that you only can make. And you did. Well, 22, man, that's 13 years ago. I, I, find, I find that every, every decade, every five years that go by, I'm like a brand new person. Like I don't even recognize my 22-year-old self. Yeah. What about you? on that. Yeah? Yeah, you know, I feel, I feel that way in so many ways. I think we should always be reinventing ourselves. We should be evolving. I'm very similar in a lot of ways to who I was growing up. I'm silly. I love to laugh. I talk to everyone in the room. I try my best to consider others and how my impact on them will affect them in the long term. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think I got growing up at home. My parents are very like that. We we wiggle when we would be out when I was a kid. They would be so kind and gracious to everyone around. And I think that's where I got that from. But I really do see myself even growing into a bigger, brighter star. How do you marry those two attributes of being giving, caring, all those things, and then being cutthroat and ruthless playing cash games at a poker table. Well, you know, that's what they came to sit down and do. And that's why I tell my friends, yo, don't sit at this table with me because I love you. And when we leave here, I'll give you my last dollar, (laughs) but I'm coming for you. And that's just the game we play. So there is a line. But I'm, I'm not a trash talker per se at the table. I keep it pretty chill in terms of like, 
shit talk unless somebody's coming for me. Yeah, I ain't no punk, you know, but I'm not going to start no shit. I'll start shit by stacking somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I like to think that now, nowadays, for the last decade or so, me neither. Um, <laughs> if, good, somebody, if somebody does pick on a fish or a recreational player, then I will say something. And actually, now that I've gotten older and more mature, if anybody, you know, there's a lot of uh, you being a woman, I'm sure you know, um, mm-hmm. the inappropriate comments and stuff like that. I've made it. Oh yeah, I've made it a point to stand up in in that scenario as well. Where I think that's important to to use our voices to protect those who may not have them. Hundred percent. And, and the thing is, I've just seen so many, been a part of so many cringeworthy situations. Played in yeah. home games with people that have threatened to shoot a dealer. Um, a female dealer and just just it's like it's because you know we're playing for big stakes and lots of money and people just think they can treat other people however they want to and they need to read this book (laughs) over over time like i've just learned that i don't want to be a part of that and if i I don't say anything then nobody's going to say anything so somebody's got to stand up and do the right thing at a poker table just because you're playing cards doesn't give you the right to disrespect somebody else and, and especially Agreed. especially women who are typically mm-hmm. outnumbered uh, nine, yes. to, nine to one at, at the poker table exactly i was playing in a casino once and a man actually said to this lady she was such a nice lady she was visiting from out of town i'd already gotten the scoop on her she was happy to be there such a nice lady and he said that's why women shouldn't play poker. I don't even know why you're here. You shouldn't be allowed to be here. <gasps> and I'd actually move tables. And M was at the table and she went off. <laughs> what did she say? She said, I cannot believe that you think it's okay to disrespect anyone in this manner. And she called the floor and she was like, you need to apologize or you need to get the fuck out. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing he didn't apologize. No, he, no, he didn't. He didn't. But the floor made him like give him a warning. Like, hey, this is inappropriate. This is not going to stand. If you continue along this path, we will remove you. And yeah. I appreciate that as well. People like that need to be called out for their behavior. I mean, we're playing a game. Yeah. People are playing a game. We're trying to have fun. Just there's not really room to disrespect other people at a poker table. I agree. Let's uh let's segue segue a little. What what would you consider your biggest poker success so far? My biggest poker success so far. I have I have a few. So to narrow it down to one. Okay, two or three. I f- <laughs> Okay. I started off as a cash player, as you know. And I recently made the transition to really becoming a serious tournament player. And as similar as the game is, it's the same game structure-wise. But strategically and mentally, it is a completely different game. And it took me, I'm still in the process of becoming the best that I can be. And during that, that's why I started the vlog to document it. So I broke out of my comfort zone to start this vlog. I broke out of my comfort zone to become the best tournament player I can be. I'm going to be the first woman to win the main. And through this transition, I had to become a whole new me. I had to do this reinvention thing. I had to start studying all over again. Everything I thought I knew was no longer true. It did not apply. And I'm proud of myself for taking the initiative to do things that make me uncomfortable taking the initiative to grow into the best me that I can be. I'm still on the path and the journey, but I'm seeing the fruits of my labor. Finally. It's <laughs> commendable. I'm always super impressed by people that break out of their comfort zone and put themselves out there in Thanks, a Brad. public way because 
I'm sure you know by now, anonymous online trolls can be very mean. Those, <laughs> those negative comments tend to stick with us more than the positive ones. Uh, they really can. I must say, I got to give a shout out to all the subscribers and viewers for the P's and Q's poker blog. I have the most inspiring, encouraging, kind, and they give me great critical feedback, but not to just be mean. I did have one troll, like literally I have one troll, which I mean, I got about 30, 40,000 views right now. Yeah. And I really have one serious troll. Like he said, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm wearing. You should come and see me kind of thing. Oh God. What? But out of the ratio of how many incredible comments I have, I'll take it. Yeah. And I replied to him and I said, I'm wishing you more hugs and kisses in your life. Left it at that. Just kill him with kindness. Yeah. I mean, he obviously needs them. Needs something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what he needs, but it, I think that's good though. I, th- I think it's a testament to you and your personality and who you are and the content that you create that facilitates Thanks. the building of that type of community because at the yeah. end of the day, that your community is a reflection of you. So true. Well, I'm, wow, that's a compliment. I'm honored. Your vibe You're attracts amazing. your tribe, right? That's the. That's right. That's true. <laughs> Tell me what led to, you know, what's your why from switching to cash to tournaments? What led to that? I made a goal way back in the day, my space days at Carol's house, to be the first woman to win the main event. Uh, Barbara Enright, who's a great friend of mine and and a mentor and one of my coaches, is the only woman to have ever made it to the final table in the main event. That was in 1995. And we're in 2019. No one's ever gotten close since then. And you can't win if you ain't in the game. And me sitting on a cash table does not move me forward to that goal. And I'd almost like, "Ah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll get it done. And Carol put me on blast. She was like, yo, what's up with that? You're not even playing tournaments. (laughs) She'd be inviting me to tournaments. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to play cash. And she's like, well, remember that goal you made? I didn't forget it. Did you? Why, why that goal? Why, why did you make that goal? I made it because my spirit told me that that was for me. And I trust my spirit. I don't think it's by accident. There's some reason that I'm supposed to be on this path and on this journey. And it's interesting because when I made it, I felt it as if it was true but I didn't take the actions to accomplish it. And now I'm really, I've, I got my heels dug in. I am going for the glory and wherever this takes me, I know that it's intentional and I'm intended to be on this path. Well, I think you're the perfect person for this show. Chasing poker well, greatness. This, this makes exactly. perfect sense. Exactly. What does the process look like when you say you got your heels dug in? What is the process for daily improving your game? What does that look like to you? So on one of my poker episodes, I interviewed Andrew Nimi. I think it's episode four. And at the end of it, I asked him for three poker tips to really maximize your game. And one of the tips he gave was prioritize the grind. And I love that tip because, you know, We schedule everything in our lives like, hey, I'm going to the gym on Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Or I'm going to spend this time with my family or whatever those things are important to you. And for me, poker wasn't in my schedule at the time. And I said, you know what? He's right. I schedule my poker time. I make sure that I get in the certain amount of hours per week. I make sure that I get in a certain amount of hours of reading off the felt. I take notes of all of my sessions and I review them, find the holes, fill the holes. I keep great track of my bankroll now. 
which was a, definitely a growth. <laughs> I'm a numbers girl, but sometimes looking at those red numbers, they hurt. They don't feel good. But they're important. Unless it's tax yeah. time, actually. <laughs> exactly. exactly. On tax time, I look back at my results and I'm like, oh boy, that's a minus 11K day. That's nice. Nice. <laughs> Uncle Sam, please take mercy on me. <laughs> I need some more of these minus 12 and 15K days to uh, lessen this burden. Right? Exactly. Exactly. But, but that's important. We have to see the numbers. How do you know where you are? You can't just make that shit up. What is and your, that's what I think a lot of people do. I was doing it for a very long time. What does your process for note-taking look like? Is it trouble spots? Is it, how do you discover what you ought to be studying and growing? So when I'm at the table and I have questionable hands where it runs out in a way where either I recognize I made a huge faux pas I, I take notes. I put them in my phone. I actually have a a folder in my notes on my iPhone called poker. And then for each session, I make a note and I log everything that occurs. I think some people actually do it in other apps, which is also effective. And I study those notes to understand, hey, in the future, when I'm in a similar situation, I should probably make a different decision. And all of that information kind of floods back to you. You They say, when you write things down, I'm a a visual person as well. So I can kind of recall it a lot easier than trying to remember everything. And it gives me the opportunity to reflect. And I read some old notes. I go back into old sessions, reread them, say, ah, I don't do that stupid thing anymore. Look at me grow. That's great. I love the the power of note-taking. You get to... Look at your older self, read your notes, and be like, ah, it's a tangible thing that shows your growth, which I think is important. It is. That's awesome. I think everybody should be taking notes, especially while they're playing live and in spots where typically I tell my students and my guys, spots where multiple decisions points look similar, you can't Mm -hmm. figure out which one is better than the other. Those are typically spots that you ought to be analyzing and also choose the spots early in the decision tree because it's easy to get bogged down in a spot that happens like once every four lifetimes and have a super long discussion and spend a lot of energy, but it doesn't really move the needle. Uh, Right. The the spots where, you know, you're going to, you're going to face a similar spot. 10, 20 times a session consistently. Those are the spots, yeah. the fundamentals that you got to just knock out of the park. And those those can make the difference between like a small winner and a, and a big winner. Yes, that's really good advice. What is up, you future star of poker, you? Coach Brad here, and I just wanted to take a moment to let you know about PKC Poker. If you're sitting there wondering why, why is Coach Brad promoting this PKC Poker app thing? Allow me a moment to explain my why. Battling in cash games has been my livelihood for the past 15 years. It's how I survive and put food on the table, which makes it imperative that I either test out or seek qualified opinions on all of the poker platforms on the market. One juicy find can mean the difference between a meh year and an amazing family vacation in Hawaii kind of year. With that said, I've tried almost all the major poker apps on the market to date, And despite the hype about amazingly juicy games, I've come away from the experience unsatisfied. I was just never able to find amazing success against seemingly weak competition. And in one specific case, was getting outright destroyed by passive villains playing more than 50% of their hands. What the heck was going on? After many evenings sitting in the bathtub, wondering if I had lost it, I finally dug into the data and learned something that shouldn't have been too surprising to you. These dudes were colluding and super using their pants off. So I swore off those free money, decentralized devil apps and decided to go back to my more familiar streets of ignition. It was then that I was contacted by a good friend of mine who turned out to be the vice president of worldwide operations at PKC. Him and I had a long in-depth conversation about security, the ecosystem and the future direction of PKC and he managed to convince me to give it a shot. That shot turned into an incredible six months 
with an hourly rate that's about five times what it would have been playing on any other US platform. As it turns out, I didn't forget how to play. I just needed a level playing field to return to my crushing weights. I have no doubt that you, my community, my audience is going to play poker somewhere. And I wanna be damn sure that you don't go through the pain and frustration I felt by messing around with any poker app besides PKC. This is why promoting PKC is a no-brainer. I love my community, and I want to put you in the best position to succeed at this game that we both love so much. So if you'd like to join me in the streets of PKC, simply head to EnhanceYourEdge.com PKC and get your invite code to play. You must have an invite code, and you must be 21 years of age or older. One more time, that's EnhanceYourEdge.com PKC. Best of luck, and now, on with the show. What's some what's some common poker advice you hear that you completely disagree with? That I disagree with. Hmm. I don't really get that much bad advice because I try not to talk to it could be just overhearing somebody else saying to somebody else. Uh I think that there's a culture that's growing that thinks that just being aggressive is the only way. Just beat them over the head. Just four bet them no matter what. And just barrel on every, <laughs> every you know, card that comes. And I think over the short term, that can be effective. But I think in the long term, you are really transparent and easy to manipulate. Yeah, for sure. They're unbalanced. You need some finesse to your game. Yes. A uh, friend of mine who's he he's like that person you just described. He he you might have <laughs> actually know him and you are describing him exactly, but he he said a quote in our Discord the other day that if brute force isn't working, you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> <That's>, oh. <laughs> that Sounds was like his, that guy. <laughs> that's that guy. Um, yeah. With every action that you take in poker, you're looking at goals and what you want to accomplish. And a lot of times checking or calling accomplish a lot more than just betting. You need to yes. look at your priorities, what you're trying to get done and choose based on that. I think exactly people just get afraid. They don't know what to do if they check. So they just bet and the bet doesn't accomplish anything, but they just bet anyway. Cause that's their comfort zone. Right. Right. Circling back. And that's not balanced. Oh, for sure. It's, it's not balanced. So then when they check, of course, you know, they pretty much never have anything because they just right. always bet. So Exactly. So what's something you feel folks who are chasing their poker dreams don't spend enough time thinking about? I think it's really important to understand your why which is a great question that you asked me. What's the, what's the drive? What's behind it? And what you're going to do when you get it? And how are you moving along this path along the way? You know, you said something to me earlier today, and I think we all have this thing, like when I die, how will people remember me? And I think the type of player you are at the poker table, the energy that you bring to the game is really important. Um, we've seen, we've all seen the players who, you know, lose it all trying to go somewhere when really maybe their why was, I want to provide for my family, but then you've put them in a dire strait. So keeping your why at the forefront, I think will help a lot of people to determine how they move along their path. And, you know, like Stu Younger is a perfect example of somebody that wins the main multiple times, wins and loses millions of dollars, ends up broke mm. and yeah. dead in Vegas in a cheap uh, oasis, oasis motel. Um, yeah. You know, there's nobody that would argue that Stu Younger is great at poker, but yes. that's not the kind of greatness you want to chase, Right. Exactly. I think living a good life at, at the end of the day, happiness, providing for your people, living a good life, that that to me, 
is its own form of greatness outside of winning the main and winning WSOP bracelets and all those other accolades. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's like, I look forward to getting that bracelet and all of that money. That's going to be fantastic. But what I really love doing is helping people. And along my poker journey, as we talked about earlier, sometimes helping someone is just greeting them with a smile when they were having a shit day. Sometimes helping someone is monetary. Sometimes helping someone is giving them some great advice. And I look forward to being able to exponentialize. So that's part of my underlying why. So that's what's going to guide me when I get that big, 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 giant bag of money. (laughs) Just be like Scrooge (laughs) McDuck. Have your swimming pool, diving in, swimming through it. (laughs) Exactly. Everyone. Uh, (laughs) Scrooge wouldn't say that, but I would. Another thing too is, giving kindness when people don't deserve it. It can be at the poker table too. This is a lesson that 22 year old Brad didn't really understand that, Mm -hmm. that the way people act on the outside is almost always a reflection of how they feel on the inside. Correct. So being kind to people, even when, you know, they're dicks, even when they're assholes, Mm -hmm. that, that can make, just a giant different to those people because they yes. realize they know they don't deserve kindness. Right. Like when right. you kill somebody with kindness, they understand and then they reflect. And I think that can make a giant impact as well. I agree. And that's on and off the felt. Oh yeah. hundred percent. What do you think people who are chasing their poker dreams, what do you think they spend too much time thinking about? I think they spend too much time thinking about, where they are now and not where they're going. And, and that's easy to do. You know, you have a good day of poker. You're like, yes, I'm the shit. You have a bad day of poker. You're like, Oh man, maybe I should quit. I am shit. Right. <laughs> I am shit, <laughs> you just right? removed the V. <laughs> exactly. Versus understanding the variance and the flow and seeing, Hey, this is just, a part of the path, but it's not, it's not everything because where I'm going is over there. It's not about where I am right now. It's really hard to, to think long-term and yeah, especially when you're in the middle of a downswing, when things are not going well for you, you feel like the world is ending that you're never going to win at poker again. You, you have all these questions. Uh, That's where, you know, Jared Tindler comes into play with the mental game of poker, and it's something that it, it's hard. And anybody that says they don't struggle with that aspect of the game, I will say they're a liar. Like, Yeah, or they're just not aware enough to understand that everyone is. Everyone's including. struggling. Like, you know, I, I've struggled. I can't tell you how many times I've struggled. How many times I've gone to sleep at night and just wondered, like, did I lose it? Have I, have yeah. I, did I ever have it? Like, what am I yeah. doing? Like how, like, oh, man. am I ever going to win again? And yeah. it's very common. And I think it's, I think people ought to speak about it publicly more so that people realize, oh, that's normal. This is the norm to feel this way. Don't, yes. you don't need to repress those feelings. Just feel them and then kind of let it go and just accept that. Yeah, this is part of the process of poker. Mm-hmm. This is what you sign up for. You, you know, nothing is straight, straight up. You're right about that. That is so true. And I, I love what you said about people talking about it more so that other people listening recognize that they're not alone and it's not abnormal. It's actually the norm. And I, I interviewed a guy uh, about a year ago who he, he gave me some wisdom that has always stuck with me. And that was that people look at vulnerability as a thing to be ashamed of, that they don't want to be vulnerable. But really, when you are vulnerable, nobody, you know, everything that you have is out there for people to see. You're not hiding anything. There's no fear of anybody finding anything out. It's just Mm -hmm. out there. Everybody can see it. So it's actually being vulnerable. It's a very empowering 
place to be. Yes. Tell it. So uh, that's always stuck with me after that conversation. Like, look, yeah, I struggle, you know, right now this month I'm doing a challenge, um, 30 K in 30 days where um, are you? <laughs> yeah. I'm documenting, documenting a goal of making 30 K this month. And, uh, Way to go. After five days, I'm stuck like 8K. I've, uh, <laughs> I've released some some raw footage of the videos. I'm like, two days ago, I lose 10K. I'm like, okay, great. I got to put this raw footage on my website of me just getting my ass handed to me. And you got you to gotta put it out there. Then I got to go check that out, though. Then today, I get smashed again, and I'm like, great. Like Now I'm stuck 7K, and I just have to... Like people get to watch my mistakes that I, I know were mistakes and yeah. things that I didn't think about. And that that is a very vulnerable feeling. But, you know, that's life, right? You, you That is. Professional poker. Not, n- nobody always wins. Everybody struggles. I uh, watched Patrick Antonius the other day on Instagram basically almost crying because he went broke yeah. at the WSOP, like with the money that he brought. And, you know, Patrick Antonius, this is a stoic dude. This is a dude that's that's been through some shit, right? So if it bothers him, it's probably going to bother anybody. Anyone. Except for maybe Victor Blom, but I don't know if he's human. (laughs) (laughs) He might be bionic. Yeah, he might be an alien or something. I don't know. That dude, Uh, something's weird with that guy. (laughs) That's so funny, but that is really true. And that is one of the most interesting things about my vlog that I've been so vulnerable at. Everyone's seeing me go through this transition and get my ass handed to me. And I'm, I'm honest. I'm like, hey, I played that terribly. I definitely should have made a different decision on the turn. Or, you know, just being really vulnerable and really transparent. Um, but through that, like you said, it's, it is very empowering because I'm not delusional. I know where I am. I know where I'm going. And I'm taking the steps to get there. And everyone watching is in the same, um, is in the same place, maybe in a different area of their journey. But we're all doing this. And I get really good advice and feedback from other players who are really great and like, hey, yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't be so hard on yourself because when you look at it this way, this and this and that. Or on another situation, like, yeah, actually, you're right. That was a terrible play. <laughs> <laughs> How does it make you feel getting that feedback from your community when you're vulnerable? I like love that? it. I'm so grateful for it. It's like what we talked about earlier. It's so important to talk to your community, to get that feedback. And now I have a whole thousands of other people that I didn't meet at the World Series. Well, some of them, yeah. But a whole new community of people to talk to and learn from and grow with. I yeah. love it. Vulnerability is empowering. It's a very it really empowering state. And uh, you serve your audience very well. Thank you, Brad. You're very welcome. <laughs> so if you were to gift the Chasing Poker Greatness audience one book, what would it be and why? Well, I think I already answered that. Come on, let's well, another book. A different book? Yeah. Oh, this book is so revolutionary <laughs> right now. Man, it's my it's my everything right now. It's like helping my entire life. Oh, Jared Tindler's gonna love you. We'll tag him in this podcast video. We have to tag Jared. I wanna meet him one day. All right, well, plug the book then. Okie dokie. <laughs> well, I mentioned it earlier, but I'm listening to this book on audiobook. I also have the tangible book. And actually, M is the one who exposed me to this book. It's called The Mental Game of Poker, Proven Strategies for Improving Tilt Control, Confidence, Motivation, Coping with Variance, and More by Jared Tindler with Barry Carter. And I got notes all over my wall about this book. I mean, it's just incredible the insights to your human existence and the tools that it gives you to really balance 
all of the things that are going on inside of you. I mean, we've talked about so many things just in this conversation, variance and balance and just being a nice person, understanding tilt and what happens when you're running bad and, and your motivation and uh, all of those things are outlined in this book. Like literally we, we've been promoting the book without even knowing it. <laughs> I highly recommend it to every single poker player, but even just being a person and understanding we all go through these grand shifts of emotions and being able to recognize them and have the tools to get back to level. Those are, so yes. Those are my favorite kind of poker books. The books that aren't just all X's and O's, but give you wisdom and advice and actionables that you can apply in all areas of life. Yes, I agree. What's your favorite book? I don't know. No. <laughs> my favorite my favorite poker book. It's actually a book that's not related to poker at all that I've I've talked about multiple times, but it's called Rock Break Scissors. And oh. I think it's by a guy named William Poundstone. And it's about randomness and humanity. What drives uh decision making in certain spots and uh spoiler alert human beings are not good at being random at all which what we're pretty much the worst <laughs> at, at being random random number generators we just can't do it and yeah. in a poker context that's really good news it means that we can predict what our opponents are going to do the actions they're going to take with their hands mm -hmm. and then we can exploit that with you know, it's basically pattern matching, finding the patterns, trusting your abilities, and then taking a counteraction to what they're trying to do. Wow, that sounds great. I wrote that down. I'm going to go check it out. It's a good one. Uh, it's been a few years since I've read it, but it's a really, really good book. And then otherwise, for poker books, uh, I'm I'm kind of weird. I, I like poker stories. I like uh, <laughs> like The <laughs> Professor, The Banker, and The Suicide King is a book that I really love. I just enjoy the story of it. Um, huh. I don't know that one. Uh, it's about the, the corporation that battled Andy Beal, and they were playing like – it was something stupid, like 50,000, 100,000 heads-up limit poker. Uh, oh, that's all? Maybe. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It was like 15 <laughs> or 20 years ago now. But it's a really good book too. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Uh, no problem. What's something that you used to strongly believe about poker that you've changed your mind about? I used to think that I had to get lucky to be profitable. And yes, luck is very important. <laughs> I love lady luck. Shine down upon me. <laughs> but to be a winning player consistently down that road we're looking at, it's much, much more than that. And that's why I study. What and led to that change? Where, when did that dawning realization come to you? I think as I really started studying more and understanding the mathematics involved in the game and the, the people element I've always been good at innately, but really honing it in and recognizing some of the things that you said about patterns and being able to pick up on those things. And now I recognize, yes, luck is a factor and I can recognize better from the start how luck is going to affect the outcome of this hand specifically and the outcome of uh, that session, but don't use it as a measure. You know, I get lucky in a hand. Hey, that's great. But recognize, hey, I got lucky. Sure. I sucked out on this person. Yeah. And it's like we talked about before. It's not, we're not playing a, a single game of cards. We're playing cards for the rest of our life. And yeah. I just look at it as the things that happen to me um, that are unlucky. I'm going to get lucky an equal amount over the course of my life. It'll all even mm -hmm. out. So. Yep. All you can really do in each moment is make the best possible decision you can make with the information that you have. 
And maybe you need to improve the way that you gather information. Maybe you need to improve the way mm. that, you, that you think about hands. But mm-hmm. those are the controllables. When the money gets in and they got a gutter and they get there, that's an uncontrollable. That's just, right. these are things that happen. And you just have to dust yourself off and move on. Exactly. And I can't even say that's unlucky. Like statistically, one in five times, they're going to get there. That's just numbers. That's not, not, that's not unlucky. That's actual math. <laughs> you feel unlucky, though. <laughs> you do. You do. But once you recognize that that's just a statistical result. Right. 20% is 20%. It means it's going to happen. Like, and sometimes it's going to happen three times in a row. And that's just life. Yes. Tell it. So what's a project you're working on that's near and dear to your heart? My vlog. (laughs) It is really near and dear to my heart. I, why, why is it so near near and dear to your heart? Why does it matter? It matters to me. Because I, I hope to be an inspiration to anyone else who wants to do something, but is holding themselves back for whatever reasons. We tell our stories in our heads about, and I told him all these things. No one cares about me playing poker. No one wants to see me on this journey. I could just go it alone. I don't know how to edit. I've never shot a video or any of those things, pushing past the fear, feel it, recognize it. Hello, I see you fear. Do it anyway. And I'm proud of myself and seeing the way it's growing. I mean, my second episode, I interviewed Brad Owen. And if I had not started shooting, when I had the opportunity to meet Brad, ask him just on the spot, hey, can I interview you? Him say yes. I wouldn't have been in the position to even get that done if I hadn't pushed past that moment. Yeah, he probably wasn't going to ask you to interview him. No, I doubt it. (laughs) I'm cute and all, but I don't know. (laughs) Excuse me, could you interview me? Like that's (laughs) That's a weird way to approach somebody. Yeah, exactly. But I wouldn't have been in the position to get that done if I hadn't pushed past. And I, I communicate that with my viewers and even with just my friends and family around me. I think it really is just a testament to do those things that you've always wanted to do. Don't wait. For what? I could die tomorrow. And there's a quote that I've put a lot of thought into. It's by Marianne Williamson that says that our greatest fear isn't that we're not strong enough. Our greatest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. And yes, I love that quote. I thought about that quote so much and thought, and I've asked myself like, what does she mean? And mm-hmm. I'm finally coming to the conclusion that what she means is that at the end of the day, like you said, you could die tomorrow. I could die tomorrow. At the end mm-hmm. of our life experience, one day we could have the realization that, you know what? I could have done so much more. I just didn't push through that fear. I I didn't think I was capable, but I am. And what a tragedy that would be for what a tragedy for people out there that, that think, you know, I I don't know. I'm afraid I'm scared. I I realized this, like, like I I mentioned going to the gym earlier today, uh, Mm -hmm. earlier in this conversation, I went to the gym at about six 30 and there are days where I don't, sometimes I don't sleep well and I don't want to go to the gym. My mind yeah. is saying, you're tired. You don't feel like it. Don't do it. What are you doing? Don't go to the gym. You're too tired. <laughs> don't do it, right? man. But then when I get yeah. there, I realize my body is capable. My body yes. is fine. It's my mind that's telling me, that, that's telling me this lie that I can't yes. do it. So It is a lie. Whenever you reach those decision points where you're like, oh, I don't know how to edit something. People, nobody cares about my story. Like this is a lie your mind is telling yourself that you got to break through and you have to say, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it anyway. And and look what's happened. 
you've and look, you know, you're you're a rising star. You're it's incredible. Thank you. And I could just be playing poker somewhere, come some casino without sharing. I actually went to play uh, over the weekend. I played a tournament. I cashed in the tournament. I went to play some cash after. And a guy came up to me and said, hey, aren't you that YouTube girl for poker? Aren't you cute? He said, I'm learning from you. And I I stopped. I hugged him. Really? (laughs) From me? (laughs) Well, we got to get you some butts, buddy. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But the messages I get from people and one ripple creates more ripples. Right? And when we use our gifts, it empowers others. When we push past that fear, like the quote you said, we are immensely powerful and we're the only ones holding ourselves back. And now I edit like a mother. (laughs) I got final cut. Anything I don't know, I go on Google. There's like a video of a person telling me how to do exactly what I'm trying to do. We have no excuses. Not anymore. We have zero excuses. There's a YouTuber telling us how to do everything. Literally. And that's how I edit my videos. I literally shoot them all myself. I edit them all myself. My last episode is the first episode where I actually had another editor. And it's someone who emailed me, quote unquote, out of the blue. I don't believe in coincidences and things. I know that that's intentional. Just like you emailed me, he emailed me, and he killed it. So now I'm going to be able to create more content more consistently. So instead of every other week, I'm pushing every Wednesday now because I have that. But it took me doing the work. Now I know my style. Now I have the information when I talk to him about editing. I actually know what I'm talking about. And he had to pass a fear threshold too, right? To reach out to you, to ask about that. To send that that email. Yep. Exactly. He could have been sitting in his living room like, well, she won't want to work with me or giving himself all sorts of excuses and believing them. I mean, I might be biased here because I'm a content creator. But Mm -hmm. for those of you out there listening that love consuming content, you have your favorite people it's really easy not to comment, not to send them an email, a thank you, or something like that. But if you take yeah. five minutes to do it, you would be amazed at how it makes that person that you love so much feel. Yeah, that is so true. Like just one person that acknowledges, that says, you know, I love what you're doing. It's great. I mean, that is like, it's like fuel. You know, now we're like, hell yeah, we're going to make more, you know, we're going to do better. We're going to up production value. Like it's, it's a big deal. It really is. And I got to say my, my piece out there, they, they comment and I reply to all the comments and they mean so much, especially when I just dip my toe in the water. I'm this vulnerable person putting myself out there for the first time. And for the first comment I got, hey, this is great. Thanks for making it. What? Whoa, mind blown. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a part of it. Community, deal. love your content creators. Yes. We need y'all. Yeah, we do. We, we, we definitely do. Mike, I, I, would, <laughs> I would not have made any more poker content had some random human stumbled across a YouTube video that I made and left a kind <laughs> comment. Um, yeah. That was what made me want to make more poker content. Just one, exactly. one human being saying one kind thing. Yeah. So let's end here. Q, where? No. <laughs> we, can, we can do another one. It's, uh, this has been really great, Brad. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. You've been awesome. And where can the Chasing thank Poker you. Greatness audience find you on the World Wide Webs? Yes, please visit me at my YouTube channel. It is youtube.com slash P's and Q's Poker Vlog. 
And that'll, that'll of course be in the show notes as well, um, as well as your social media and your website too. Yes, please. Got to get the website in there as well. My website is peasandcuespoker.com. Check it out, guys. Sweet. Uh, thank you so much for your time, your energy. Really loved this conversation. And uh, Me too. We'll keep in touch. I love it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for looking me up. I really appreciate it. I love your vibe. I love the energy. I love conversations like this. I think they're important for our community. And I appreciate that you're doing this, Brad. My pleasure. All right. Talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Chasing Poker Greatness. If you haven't yet subscribed to the show, please take a moment to do so on Apple Podcasts or wherever your favorite place to listen to podcasts may be. And once again, I also wanted to let you know about PKC Poker. If you're on the lookout for a new platform where the games are safe and secure and the action is amazing, head to enhancedredge.com slash PKC to get your code and jump into the games. You must have a code to play as well as be 21 years of age or older. One final time, that's enhancedredge.com slash PKC. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time on Chasing Poker Greatness.